You're listening to the Be Healthy Naturally podcast, episode number 33. Hey, we are Dr. Shane and Liz Watt. We are doing this podcast because we are trying to bring knowledge and education to create a new way of thinking about our health. Knowledge is the key to a happy, healthy life, and our goal is to help you live your best life. So join us and let's learn together. welcome you out to the podcast today. We are so blessed because we get to hear from Dr. Heather C. She is a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine, and she deals a lot with women's health and um, fertility issues. And there is so many women that are struggling with this. And so we are very blessed to be able to have your wisdom on here and be able to share with us, um, you know, these, these, issues that women are dealing with that we strive to be this mother, but yet there's a lot of fertility issues that we have. And so Mm -hmm. can you kind of tell us about you and what you do and your journey and how you got here? Okay. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to be here today. Um, Like uh, Liz said, I'm a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Um, I'm also a fellow of the American Board of Oriental Reproductive Medicine, um, and that's just a, an organization that um, provides um, advanced training for um, different types of practitioners um, in reproductive medicine. So it's the Western and the Eastern side. So we're kind of the bridge between um, like reproductive endocrinologists and, and ourselves. So we're an advocate for our patients. Um, so yeah, I've been, um, just a, to be, a just to be clear, let's make sure. So people don't think that you just went to a weekend course to get your doctor of acupuncture, just kind of go right. through a little bit. It's a real thing. I mean, you put yeah. time and effort. So kind of just a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So the doctorate, um, is an additional two to three years of, of education, Okay. Um, on top of a master's. So it's about seven, six, seven years of education to become a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And are, do, are those together? Do you like, if you become a doctor of acupuncture, you are a doctor of Chinese medicine. I mean, are they, they simultaneously together? No, you can either be a doctor of acupuncture you can, or you can be a doctor of acupuncture and Chinese medicine. Okay. Certain states in the country, um, only allow for just acupuncture, um, New York being one of them, they have to do an additional training to be able to do herbs and that kind of thing. And that's the Chinese medicine side of it. So here in Utah, you have to have licensure and all that kind of stuff to be able to do what you do. Right. Yeah. We're a licensed profession gotcha. in, in most I just states. Wanted, I just wanted people to realize it's a legit thing. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you say um, you help with the um, infertility. Let's kind of dive into that and figure more about like how you can help people with fertility issues. Um, okay. So a lot of people um, are obviously struggling with, with fertility issues um, and the way that we can help them. Uh, acupuncture itself will increase circulation to the uterus and the ovaries and, you know, all the genitalia and the organs in the pelvic area. 
Um, it'll also help to balance out hormones. So a lot of a lot of times, um, infertility issues is is an ovulation issue, at least in females. Um, so we're helping to balance out those hormones that are involved with ovulation. Can you can you briefly just explain acupuncture in a nutshell? I mean, I think most people understand the concept, but they don't understand why putting a needle you know, here will affect this organ there or whatever, just like, just mm -hmm. really quickly, if you would. Okay. Um, acupuncture is a technique within the whole system healthcare of Chinese medicine. Um, and it, there are points all over the body and they are along what we call meridians, which are just energy, energetic pathways. And those meridians will, you know, we have energy everywhere. That's how our bodies run. Um, so the meridians will contact the internal organs as well. So we can affect those areas by choosing certain points on different pathways. Mm -hmm. And so the way that we determine and putting in the needle stimulates that pathway. Is that right? Putting the needle in will either what we call tonify, which uh, boosts the energy in that pathway, or we reduce, which means there's just too much. Or sometimes there's a blockage where the circulation cannot get through. And so we'll open it up with certain points. Each point has different functions. So we just choose them based off of that. So when somebody comes in to your practice, like, what are some things that they've been dealing with? I know fertility, but are there different ways that you can help educate them and to be able to help them have a better opportunity to get pregnant? Like, you know, like, what about the eggs and how can you improve your egg quality? And do you do that through the acupuncture or is that more of just an education things that they can do? Um, we can definitely do both. Education is a big thing for me because a lot of people just aren't educated on how their bodies work or how they can improve their health um, in different ways. And a lot of times preconception health is like a big deal. So, so you focus on a lot is preconception stuff. I mean, I, it would be my wish for everybody to come in to see someone like myself or, you know, even other um, natural healthcare practitioners prior to trying to get pregnant, because if we can work on these issues, you know, three to six months before they actually try or before they decide to do IVF, then they're in a better place. They're, the they're is, is going it, to get it better outcomes. them lots of money too. Yeah. Yeah. IVF I mean, is yeah. not cheap, you know, yeah, I mean, no. they're spending 10, 15 grand a pop, right? Yeah. And it's a rigorous um, process and a lot of my patients that are going through it, they are just stuck in this stress loop and that does not serve the process. So if we can get them, if we can get their bodies to be functioning in the parasympathetic prior to doing IVF, they will have a much better time. So that's my wish. That would be my wish for everybody to, to do. Okay, so for those people stuff. that don't come in, because most people you're like looking at probably 
that's probably only 5% that actually think about it probably ahead of time, right? <laughs> yeah. They come in because it hasn't worked, not because they want it to work better. Right. So what- yeah, we can still help them. Um, obviously, that's probably a good majority of my patient base is they're coming in either they've been trying for six months to a year or even longer, or they are just about to start their IVF cycle. So we'll start to, you know, improve their, their system, you know, get things moving in the right direction so that their, their outcome is better. But a lot of times they're not told um, that most times, first time IVF cycles do not work. So they really should be told that, but most times they aren't. So. Why, why tell someone when you know you're going to get another 15 grand? So that's a dollars <laughs> machine right there, right? Kind of sad, right? So yeah. what are the biggest myths that you see about that have, people have about fertility and, and the causes of infertility? Um, a, a big one is that it's just a female issue. Like half are, have a male factor involved. So the men should really be um, looked into more often than they are. A lot of times they'll just get one semen analysis and, and they go off of the World Health Organization's, you know, parameters for sperm count and morphology and things like that. Right. Um, but they aren't told that, you know, they should probably get another semen analysis or they should get DNA fragmentation done. And that's not really done in this country very often. Um, Europe is like way ahead of us as far as that goes. Um, so that's a big one. Most so when you when you talk, let's kind of go through that just really quick for the people that aren't really and don't really know this field. Um, when you talk about a semen analysis, what are they looking for? What, they're what are looking. For? They're looking for total sperm count, and then they're looking for the amount of sperm that um, have a misshape or an abnormal shape. Mm -hmm. They're looking for the motility. So how well they move. Um, and then, like I was saying, if they're good swimmers or not, and if they're right. And if they're the way they're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think they should add on DNA fragmentation, which is just means is the DNA intact. And how many of the sperm actually have their DNA intact? So there's a, that is a problem. I see. I'm I'm not aware of that. So there there's a problem with with the D, proper DNA sequencing in individual sperm. Right. Okay. Yeah. And it's becoming more of an issue, just like most fertility um, problems are becoming more of an issue. So what have you noticed are the biggest struggles that people are dealing with, with fertility? Um, like I was mentioning, like being stuck in the stress loop or kind of being stuck in, um, a lot of times they'll go through like self-doubt, self-sabotage and second guessing whether they can actually, whether their bodies can actually do this or not. Mm -hmm. So they kind of get stuck in that mindset and when someone is stuck in a stress loop, their bodies are not able to procreate because they're stuck in the sympathetic um, nervous system cycle. So their bodies are pumping out cortisol, which are our stress hormones. Right. And naturally, 
the body does not feel safe enough to procreate. So a lot of the work that I do is trying to shift them out of sympathetic into parasympathetic so their bodies feel safe enough. Do you feel also like birth control and things like that are keeping people from not being able to they're have later on having fertility issues. The reason why I say that is because, you know, I was on it for a short amount of time, um, got off of it after like a year, but then it was like two years later, we tried to have a child and it took us a whole year. Now I kind of feel that it was that moment where the stress of you know, not getting pregnant every month. And I was in the doctor's office, you know, just asking them about fertility things going to the next step. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, you know, I need to get to the point of it doesn't really matter. And there's always that option of adopting. And so mm-hmm. I just walked out of that office thinking, I don't really want to progress that. Well, it was the next month that we ended up getting pregnant. Uh-huh. Which seems to happen, right? People, you know, they can't, they try and try and try. They finally adopt a kid and all of a sudden the next month they get pregnant, right? Because it's like that stress got taken off or something. I mean, it just seems kind of. I just didn't know, like, if it's, if you have seen like birth control, things like that are, are hindering, hindering you to be able to have, to get pregnant later on. And then adding the stress on top of that, or if it's just, you know, it's just our normal cycles that we go through too. Um, No, I definitely think that birth control, the various birth control methods, um, they just, they take over and they're the ones, you know, um, handling the hormones because it's synthetic. Um, So the body just kind of shuts down that process. So, I mean, oftentimes people are told that when they get off, you know, it, it'll come back immediately and they should be able to get pregnant several months before they should even try to get pregnant. Right. Right. Yeah. They should definitely, if they are on birth control and they want to have a child, um, they should get off of it as soon as they can just so their body can start to regulate itself. And it's kind of like a detoxification process that your body has to go through. And I don't know if it was, the stress in my life that was causing me not to get pregnant or if it was that my body needed to detoxify more, but this mm-hmm. was, you know, we tried two years after I got off birth control and it was still, I feel affecting me. Well, we, we mm-hmm. started like when we first got married. Right. And then I went mm-hmm. to practice school. So then we started realizing, Oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing these things, you know, medications <laughs> that, so that's when we got off and all that kind of stuff. But I do, I do have a question for you. This wasn't one that we had kind of um, thought about, but if someone is doing birth control, what would you say is the best way form of doing that? So that, you know, that, that is, if you want to say that's going to not cause problems down the road, like IUD, is that going to cause problems, birth control pills, you know, I mean, what, what, yeah. what, what do you counsel your patients? I would say the fertility awareness method is probably the best way to go because then you don't have to use anything. You're just tracking your, the woman's tracking her cycle um, and aware of how her body works. So I would say that would be probably be the best way. And a lot of times people think, oh no, that's too much. But actually that's in that we were on birth control the first year 
And after that, after we got married, after that, that's basically what we did. Mm-hmm. And now we do have six kids. So <laughs> that's not fair. Well, they are three years <laughs> apart. So they're planned. Everything was planned. After mm-hmm. our first one, it was like everything else was planned, basically. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a definite learning curve to the fertility awareness method. And it's not the same as the rhythm method. So, so, so take I, I definitely want to dispel that. Yeah. So take two seconds and explain that then. Because that's what um, I think you were meaning. Um, no, I mean, the rhythm method is is uh, really a, a Catholic religion kind of thing where oh. they they put that out to, you know, help people um, not have not have to use birth control, right, basically. Right. But um, the fertility awareness method, you're tracking certain signs. So you're tracking the cervical fluid. Um, you're tracking, sometimes you can track the cervical position and you're tracking your, your basal body temperature. Mm -hmm. So a woman's cycle goes through different phases. There's the follicular phase, which is the first half. Mm -hmm. Um, and then ovulation. And then the second half is the luteal phase. And so the temperatures will change based off of the phase of the cycle and cervical fluid will change as well. So if they are tracking these things and they can, like I said, understand how their body works and when their fertile window is. And so either if they're trying to avoid pregnancy, they just um, abstain when they're in their fertile window. And if they're trying to achieve pregnancy, obviously they have intercourse during their fertile window. Okay. So what do you, do you think is the biggest myth um, about the causes of fertility? Or what um, is this? I mentioned one of them um, that oh, men yeah, are not, yeah. you know, really looked into. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a lot of people believe that their fertility just drops off a cliff after the age of 35. And that's really not true. There are plenty of people that I know that have had children after 35 and even into their 40s. So the way that our eggs age is different than our chronological age. So that's just a myth. Like, it's just not true. Plenty of women can get pregnant after the age of 35. There's plenty of people that have that little caboose that's like eight years later. They're like, oh, (laughs) didn't realize everything still worked. (laughs) Yep. Um, another one is um, anti-mullerian hormone, which is another hormone that, that our body produces, um, is a fertility test. And really, the only thing that it's doing is seeing how many eggs, like baby eggs, you may have. Uh, but it's just not a, it's not a fertility test. It doesn't tell you, like, the quality of your eggs. It just tells you how many you have in your basket, basically. So a lot of people will kind of focus in on that number and worry about their, their follicle count, which is just their, you know, initial like eggs. Um, so yeah, I, I want a lot of people to know that that's just not a fertility test. So what is it that you do 
um, if someone's coming to you, that's going to, that kind of makes you different in the way that you do it through either acupuncture, Chinese medicine, combination of both. What is it that when someone comes into you that they can expect and why what you're doing can be more beneficial? Um, so I have a program that I put most people through. It's mm -hmm. called the fertility growth method. And we do a, a thorough intake, you know, complete health history of where they've been and where they're at and where they want to go. Um, and then we do a little bit of genetic testing because some things um, can affect the way that mm -hmm. someone is able to get pregnant based yeah. off of their genes. Like different um, SNP issues that you're referring to? Yeah, different SNP issues. Yeah. Um, which, in the way which, that, are there any specific ones that are the big ones, bad boys? Um, some of the ways that people um, methylate huh? or detoxify can yeah. affect their ability to get pregnant. And some SNPs will show whether you may be prone to what's called endometriosis, which is right. um, that tissue from the uterine lining grows in other areas that it shouldn't. Right. So it'll, some SNPs will show whether they may be prone to that. Um, and then we'll do a little bit of hormone testing. And I use the Dutch um, hormone test, which is a that test. Yep. dried urine yep. um, for comprehensive hormones. Yeah, I just tell people so, it's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really easy to take. Yep. Um, and they just send it in and the lab will analyze it and we'll be able to see where their estrogen and progesterone levels are as well and as then other I, too. Mm -hmm. and then i'll take them through the program after we've done the initial you know workup um, and we first start by if there is a, a menstrual cycle issue you know either irregular menstruation lack of menstruation any type of issue any pms will we'll work to balance that out first and get rid of the PMS. Cause I've seen that when people get close as close as they can to an ideal cycle, which is a 28 day, 28 to 30 day cycle, um, ovulating around day 14, have plenty of cervical fluid, the fertile cervical fluid, which is the egg white consistency or the stretchy mm -hmm. um, cervical fluid. And their luteal phase is long enough, um, which it should be, you know, 12 to 14 days to allow time for the, the embryo to implant mm -hmm. and, um, you know, burrow into the lining. They get pregnant naturally. The closest they can get to that, they will get pregnant naturally. So we work on the menstrual cycle first. And then if there are any other issues, you know, male factor or uh, egg quality or a digestion issue because the microbiome will kind of affect the vaginal microbiome. So things will get thrown off there. We'll just balance everything out after we've fixed the menstrual cycle issue. So what do you think is the biggest mistakes that people struggle with when they're trying to to when they're having fertility challenges? Um, they, when they're initially told that they may have some, some problems getting pregnant or, or they think they might, 
they feel pretty healthy, but they think they might have problems, then they start <clears throat> looking on Google for anything and everything that will help them. Um, but it's not it's not individualized. It's not based off of, you know, what their actual body is doing. It's just general advice. Um, and they'll start following that and it kind of wastes time and money. If I take this product, it will help. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or they'll hear stories from their family and friends about what other people did. And it's just not based off of, you know, their own individual situation. So that's a big mistake people make because it just wastes time and money when they could just be really focusing on what their actual body is doing and why they're having an issue. Mm -hmm. um, they don't prepare themselves prior to wanting to conceive. So they just think that, I mean, most people are told that a woman can get pregnant any day of her cycle. So most people don't know that there's really only five days do you really of a have cycle. People, do you really have people that come in and think that? Mm -hmm. Did they yeah. not have basic anatomy in high school? <laughs> they don't get it. They, they don't get it in high school education. So they don't understand that there's really only five days of a woman cycle maybe seven mm. that now they that, can that actually does conceive. get screwed up when a woman's cycle is not regular for sure right yeah you don't know when those five days are right but yeah, yeah. that's yeah that's yeah. i'm surprised that most women don't realize that or not i shouldn't say most women that some women wouldn't wouldn't understand that yeah the basic yeah. 101 female understanding of their cycle <laughs> yeah i mean it's going back to to not understanding really how their body works, uh -huh. which isn't their fault. I mean, right. they just weren't ever told. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we all have a process of learning. Mm -hmm. Yep. So and then another one is people, you know, they're either told that IVF is their only option or they rush into it too soon. And then and they I get feel like that. That's what was me with my situation is like, I'm still young. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I just, all of a sudden I was like at the doctor's office of, you know, I'm not getting pregnant, but it had only been a year, you know? So, mm -hmm. and, you know, we were working lots of jobs. I was in chiropractic school. We were managing apartments. I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of a stressful time and everything like, right. Yeah. So, yeah. I have a question for you. This is off kind of completely off of topic. Um, what have you seen with this whole COVID thing, either vaccine, non-vaccinated, whatever with, cause it's now, now even the, the medical community is saying, oh, there might be some issues with cycles now because of this. What have, what have you seen where this is your specialty, female health? What, are, what are you noticing and what is, what have you seen? Yeah, initially the vaccine will throw off the cycle. I've seen that to to be true. Uh -huh. um, it'll just either there's there's period will come a little early or it'll be a little late okay. um, initially after receiving a dose of one of the vaccines. Um, I haven't seen it affect fertility yet, but it's it's too early to tell really. Okay. So 
but yeah, it has thrown off the cycle a little bit. What can people then, if they come to see you, how can you help them figure out then the situations that they're going through? Like, what is it that you can help them with? And what is it that they do to come see you for the process that they go through? Um, I can help people with um, ovulatory infertility, the various causes, PCOS is like the major one. Um, Thyroid dysfunction will throw off the menstrual cycle. Um, So I can help people with, um, you know, low thyroid or even high thyroid. We can balance out that. that. That's a huge one. And that's really irritating that these, that these clinics, you know, your standard medical fertility clinics don't even, a lot of them don't even check into that. No, or they'll just run a TSH, right. uh, thyroid stimulating hormone, and it's just not that, that that's not uh, enough information right. to go off of. So I really encourage my, my patients to get a full thyroid panel, including antibodies, because mm-hmm. Hashimoto's is, is more often. Yep. Yeah. Um, so ovulatory dysfunction, menstrual cycle irregularities, or any type of menstrual cycle dysfunction. Uh, male factor, low sperm count, poor motility, poor morphology. Um, I can't really help with like blocked fallopian tube. Most people will be um, pushed towards IVF if they have a blocked fallopian tube. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have helped people with a blocked fallopian tube going through IVF get pregnant. So. Mm-hmm. We'll optimize, you know, the IVF cycle and get them to a a good place. And when somebody's going through an IVF cycle, they'll come in to see me once a week throughout the cycle. And then on the day of embryo transfer, they, they usually come in twice. So prior to embryo transfer and after, um, and then I can help people in the early pregnancy and throughout their pregnancy, um, egg quality issues, sperm quality issues, we can do something about fibroids and endometriosis. Um, so, I mean, most things that have to do with infertility other than a blocked fallopian tube. What we kind can of things are you doing for the, for the men? So if, they're, um, if their sperm is not proper morph- morphology and things of that nature, there's things that can be done for that? Right. Yeah. So a lot of times it's um, an energy production issue or an ATP production issue. So we can help with some of our herbs like um, Chinese daughter seed will help um, increase ATP um, in the egg cell and the sperm cell. So Um, Chinese daughter seed will help (laughs) male seed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As well as the egg. Um, It just helps with, um, you know, mitochondria production and ATP production. So, um, yeah, and we'll use acupuncture to, you know, increase circulation to the pelvic area and help with sperm production. Excellent. So, you know, there, there's, you know, a few people in, you know, acupuncture stuff, but what is it that led you to be able to get in the field of fertility? Like what was your journey to get to fertility with acupuncture and Chinese medicine? Or was that always kind of the thing you were going to? Um, yeah, I've always been interested in women's health and fertility. Um, like this goes back way to nine, 1998. Um, my, my husband now, 
um, my boyfriend at the time. We had just, we were starting to focus on our health after we had gone to massage therapy school. Um, and we were just, we were really focusing on using the holistic health principles to optimize our system. And we really hadn't thought about having kids yet, um, but we thought there's, we had run into family members and friends that were having issues getting pregnant and we were just wondering why. Um, so we started, you know, investigating that and, and shortly after we, we conceived our first daughter um, after we had really focused on, you know, dialing in our health. So that just really kind of fueled the fire. And then I have three daughters. Um, so women's health is like a big deal to me. And I see a lot of women just being dismissed or, you know, not heard or marginalized. Um, and I just don't want to, you know, perpetuate that type of thinking. And I don't want to see my daughters end up not being heard or, you know, thinking that their, their issues, if they have any, are all in their head or, you know, there's just no, um, Western medicine sometimes, if there isn't any reason or they can't find any reason for something happening, they just dismiss Blame it. Person. Yeah. Yeah. Blame on the person. Yeah, for sure. And I see that a lot with, with in women's health, like a lot of, it, it takes 10 years to get an endometriosis diagnosis. I think that is ridiculous. So it's just, I just don't want to see that anymore. <laughs> so I'm kind of out there trying to educate people. Perfect. So how can yeah. people, um, just give us your, your, your information on your office and how can people get a hold of you, kind of your website, phone numbers, that kind of stuff, so we can have it on the podcast as well. Um, my website is easternbench.com mm-hmm. and the office number is 385-279-2410 where they can schedule a free consultation or an appointment. Where, what um, city are you located in? I'm in Salt Lake City. Okay. On, yeah, on 3900 South. Now, can I find you? Are you on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that? Or, Yep, we have a Facebook and an Instagram, um, you know, forward slash, forward slash Eastern Bench. So they can find us there. I just wanted to say that fertility can be an emotional experience that a woman goes through. Mm-hmm. And it... Um, can really affect you in so many different ways. And we don't under always understand what the woman is going through when they're dealing with fertility. Mm-hmm. And the one thing is, is that they feel like there's only one way and that's through the medical doctor and doing the IVF and just, you know, this is the only way that I'm going to get, get pregnant. And so I just want to commend you for figuring out a different way and figuring out how women can actually tap into their body and be able to, you know, cause when you're going through the experience, it feels like you're kind of like a, an experiment, a science experiment that these mm-hmm. women have to go through, but yeah. you come at it with a totally different approach of tapping into your body and get, seeing the signs within your body and taking the herbs that are going to be 
um, you know, helping with that and having the acupuncture that's going to open up different energy pathways for that to happen. And so thank you for giving women a different approach and an opportunity to be able to get pregnant. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I feel blessed and honored and there's a lot of handholding and, you know, helping with the, the emotional side of it, which, you know, reproductive endocrinologists don't really have time to do. And that's not really their, their, you know, thing. forte. So yeah, we do a lot well, of that. We appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks so much for wanting to be involved and being on it. And also um, she's also going to be at our conference, which is the Be Health Utah Natural Health and Wellness Conference um, on April 22nd and 23rd. So you can come and talk with her there as well. But thanks once again for being involved because we just want to be able to share our whole message is to let people know that there's answers to people's questions and health issues. And they're not necessarily where we think they're, they are in standard medicine for sure, but mm-hmm. there's answers out there. And so our platform is to try to give people an opportunity to find out that there's other opportunities out there, such as this one, so that they can, um, if they're struggling with this, they can get hold of you and at least get some answers for themselves taken care of and maybe might even be a help from you. So thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing thank that. You, I really appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> Have a great day. You right. too. Thanks for listening to the podcast today. The more knowledge you have, the more you will be empowered to make the changes in your life. And because of this, your life will be elevated. Your health journey is between you and your doctor. This podcast is not meant to diagnose or treat any conditions. However, if your current healthcare provider is not meeting your healthcare goals, it is time to take control of your health. If you know anyone who can benefit from our podcast, please like, leave a review, and don't forget to share it with your family and friends. Together, let's take back our health.